Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. You are listening to Deanna on Design on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm your host, designer, Deanna Radai. Today... This is really going to be a cool show. I had so much fun. Um, well, I, I guess I shouldn't say fun, but I love doing research, and I got to do a lot of research on this topic. And it's something that we've kind of been alluding to over the past um, couple of weeks on how past pandemics um, have affected design, whether it's you know urban planning. Uh, to residential, to office design, to actual social upheaval, like what happened with the Black Plague. (laughs) You know, who could own land, who couldn't own land, and different societal um, class systems, which, you know, when you look at how everything is intertwined and and works together, uh, the the symbiotic relationship is, is you know, rather fascinating. So um, I would like to start off with a, a really cool quote um, by Jeff Manow. Um, and it says, we have to return to this kind of medieval spatial response to disease control um, in architecture and urban design suddenly became medical. And we're using built environments as a way to control epidemic spread. And this has actually been brought up as far back and as recorded um, as early as 400 BC when Hippocrates theorized that, another quote, poor physical environments like bad air, bad water, sound familiar, um, caused illness and disease and believed that going to areas with fresh air and water were essential to health. Uh, the word quarantine means restricting the movement of people or goods, rooted in the Latin word for 40 days, a reference to preventative measures taken in Venice during the Middle Ages to stop the spread of the bubonic plague. And it was ships that were coming in uh, were required to anchor for 40 days before the crews could disembark and the uh, supplies could be unloaded. Uh, the Apollo 11 astronauts were also quarantined from 21 days because out of precaution, because they didn't know after the spacewalk um, what bacteria organisms could have been brought back with them. So looking at quarantine, hopefully in a different way than um, maybe what we're looking at it right now during um, COVID-19 um, as a, special, a spatial buffer um, a temporal buffer, so helping keep space distance for protection. So I think, you know, we've kind of all been talking about that. But now you're saying, Deanna, what does this have to do with design? Well, we can go back. The big plagues um, or the big pandemics. Um, first was the Black Plague. 
the Spanish flu, which um, what we're going through right now keeps um, more um, getting referred to. HIV, AIDS, malaria. Um, think of malaria, how um, with the nets um, and where you're building homes, that type of thing. Cholera um, was, an, as far as design, one of the big ones um, in 1854, uh, remember before then, pre, um, there was no sewage systems, really. And a lot of the sewage was just getting dumped into the street. And because of the way the streets and the cities were laid out, a lot of it sat in the, in, in the streets. And so when we're talking about bad air, bad water, um, a lot of that was, um, what did they call it? They just called it the, the bad air. So how it was off-gassing with all of the bacteria and the sickness. And that's how the cholera um, out. And that was the start of actual sewer systems, um, kind of similar to the Roman aquifers. Now, we've got to give a shout out to the Romans on that one, but where it became more um, integrated into actual city planning. And then that's where we got straight streets because it was easier to lay the, the troughs, the pipes. Um, underneath the city for efficient flow of waste and indoor the indoor water systems, toilets, that type of thing. Um, the other one was in 1887, um, also part um, with the cholera, and this was uh, breaking with the Victorian style of design. Remember, Victorian is very ornate very luxurious, lots of soft fabrics and surroundings. Remember, you know, bathrooms at this point um, where tubs and everything were heavy, curtains and carpeting was in there. Well, now we think of that now and it's just like, oh, you know, germs, dirt, mold. Well, this is where it started being associated with that. And then that's when we started breaking away from the Victorian style of design where uh, people were encouraged to rip all of this out. And you want your, you know, um, solid surfaces, easy to maintain, um, starting to get in more of windows. So what, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, and I'll try and get a picture and put it um, on the on the site with the page is called the Lovell Health House. And this was a house that was actually built um, by architect uh, Richard Neutra. Um, and it says famous for his case study houses. So this is what he did. And this was designed in the late 1920s um, for a doctor, Philip Lovell. Um, he was a naturopathic um, doctor. Um, who believed in the virtues of raw food, ample sun, and fresh air. And so Richard Neutra um, designed this house for him. And when you look at the floor-to-ceiling windows and, and all of the light coming in, this house also has a wash basin uh, right when you walk in the door for guests and everyone who enters to be able to um, wash their hands. 
So when we're looking at reactions, whether it's from the architect design community, um, there there is a history um, of doing this. One of my favorites, um, Olmsted, who designs the parks, and he was the designer of Central Park in New York. Um, he referred to parks as the lungs of the city, and he petitioned, you know, the the government in New York um, to be able to build this in the center of the city to help um, diffuse pollution for people to go out again, getting sunlight and fresh air. Uh, he's done numerous parks around the country, um, and he did one, in fact, in Milwaukee, which still stands and is quite beautiful. Uh, so as we're looking forward with what we can maybe expect um, with the new pandemic, and obviously we are still, you know, going through it, um, whether it's uh, globally um, or here in the United States, um, you know, we're just kind of throwing some ideas around whether it's transitional as we go through the phases, um, which some states are starting uh, to reopen in terms of restaurant, retail, uh, and public spaces, let alone with as it, you know, filters down to residences. Like we talked with Alicia Dorlake last week um, of some of the things she is starting to see um, with her clients asking in new construction. Um, some of the ideas, um, you know, that we were coming up with were no more open office concepts, which for me, I think is great. I mean, I get it. Um, but think of the germs that are being passed around. Um, no more in-person meetings. I think the last um, five weeks has shown um, a lot of meetings can be done, you know, via video conferencing through email, you know, Skype, um, Microsoft Teams, uh, Zoom, whatever. Um, and then the increase of online learning. So I think specifically in academics, whether it's uh, school, um, you know, K through 12, uh, or the high school or a college, sorry about that, um, that there is going to have to be some um, reliance on online early, online learning, uh, which I think will impact, you know, the tuition costs of being able to go to school, um, and then greater access, you know, to some of the teachers, that type of thing. So thinking of the structures, I think how we view school and education is all going to be changed. And, you know, the, the rise, pop, rising popularity of homeschooling, um, if you can, you know, for your kids. Because a traditional, you know, school sometimes is not, you know, really for everybody, you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. So having that option for online learning, um, I think, will be one of the positives um, that comes out of this. And then think again, too, you know, if you're traveling, if there's a family emergency, um, if your child gets sick um, or hurt, you know, that you are still able to keep up with classes because all you're going to need is some type of mobile device with homework that's downloaded. Um, something else, which I didn't think of, but I think everyone would be happy. Uh, the airline industry might not, but um, middle seats on planes going away, you know, as you're cramped in there. I think this would be something definitely 
that the airline industry will have to be looking at. Um, and then as we're looking at new construction, uh, whether if it's retail, residential, hospitality, um, making room for windows and increasing of natural light, um, better air handling system, HVAC systems, you know, that air can be changed um, more regularly. You know, we, whenever I fly, I know I always come back, whether it's just a couple hour flight or something longer, uh, you know, and I'm not the only one, you know, you're a little congested, you've got the sore throat, and it's just, you know, your airplane cough kind of thing. So looking at different ways of how we can circulate air better through spaces. Um, the window, the name actually came from wind hole uh, when you're looking at the um, old castles. And again, we're looking at from the Black Plague to get air circulating um, through these big, massive spaces. And again, think of how cold that must have been, you know, in England and, you know, ugh. Um, and then some of the other things we were kind of throwing around, this was more uh, specifically with Alicia about hand washing stations, more tricked out um, like mudrooms and foyers. Remember, we're talking about quarantine as your transition space, whether it's uh, spatial or time. And I go back to like very large mansion, McMansion type homes. Um, old brownstones where you had the door, you know, a doored off foyer, your transition space. Um, and then setting up like in the level health house, having um, a hand washing station where you take out, take off your shoes, put on slippers or some kind of foot covering so you're not bringing germs into the home. I mean, I know a lot of people who do that now, you know, shoes are not allowed in your home, uh, but taking it further with the hand washing statements, you know, just trying to figure out how to do nice but effective and economical um, transition spaces like that um, to cut down the transition of germs either between people in the house or from the outside space to the inside space. You know, something as simple as unpacking your groceries from the grocery store. You know, do you want to bring that into your home? So incorporating pantries um, into, you know, this mudroom storage um, type space. Um, all interesting, you know, ideas that we'll have to watch, you know, to what gets um, actually implemented. Um, I'm sure in spaces, you know, that were really affected, especially the urban areas, which have always been hard hit whenever we have any kind of um, epidemic, pandemic, you know, that comes through just because the density um, of people in, you know, these cramped areas and mass transit. So that all plays a part in the communicating of these diseases. And so it will be interesting um, to see what gets implemented and integrated into our next phase of design. So tomorrow we have Jennifer Stripling on again. We're going to be talking about uh, social distancing and cultural differences in design. I hope you join us at 3 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow. And until then, Deanna on Design on Blog Talk Radio. And I'm your host, Deanna Radai. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.